This was a prayer that was taught uh, to, the, um, to Jesus' disciples by himself. I asked him about prayer. And so he said, this is how you should pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses, we used to say, as we forgive our trespasses as we forgive our trespasses, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever, is what we used to say. Amen. But after Jesus had given them this prayer, the one thing that he um, emphasised was, was about the forgiveness part of it. He didn't talk about any other part of that prayer. It was the forgiveness part. He said, when you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive you your trespasses. So, you know, this was something that he really was emphasising. And, and it's quite a powerful thing, isn't it, really? If we want forgiveness from God, um, we've got to be prepared to forgive others. So it, it puts a responsibility on us as well. And so we've got two sides of the same coin, haven't we? We've got the idea of being forgiven and also forgiving others. What I'd like to do is to look, um, first of all, at being forgiven by God. And then uh, following that, we'll look at the, the other side of it, forgiving um, others, their, their, their trespasses against us. So we might say, well, why do we need um, forgiveness from God? Um, what have we done wrong? You know, uh, didn't, didn't realise I'd done anything uh, that bad. But... What, what, the, what the scriptures reveal to us, um, they teach us about the character of God. Um, and the word holy is a word that we associate with, with the scriptures and, and with God himself. And that word means it's, he's separate and he's, he's pure. And he is so far above us in, in, in the way that he deals with things. Um, and his, his moral standards are so much higher than ours. And he's created us to be like him eventually. But for the moment, we aren't like that because of our human nature. And we'll talk a little bit more about that as, as we go along. Um, and so we have this kind of problem that we've got, um, that, that we are um, so much lower in, 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 in the estimation of God. And, and this is quite stark, um, this next slide. It, it, it talks about um, how high God is compared to us. He says, look, um, this is a, the prophet Isaiah speaking in, in chapter 64. He says, we are like an unclean thing and all our righteousnesses are like filthy rags. So it's saying there, isn't it? Even the most righteous thing that we might do is actually um, not that great in God's, compared to, to God's standards. We all fade as a leaf and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away and, and they, they take us away from God. And there is no one who calls on your name. Not here, so uh, there's no one who calls on your name, who stirs himself up to take hold of you. For you have hidden your face from us and have consumed us because of our iniquities. So we see how high God is um, above us and how sinful we are in, in, in comparison. And it goes on to t appeal to God and, and to talk about um, how he is, we are, the, we are the clay and God is the potter. He's made us in a particular way. 
And so we have to try to, um, uh, if he's made us in this particular way, he knows what's best for us. And what we find is in the laws that he puts in his word, these laws teach us about his ways. And, um, and if we follow them, generally, our life will be a whole lot better. And forgiveness is just one aspect of that. We'll see that as we go along. And so he says, you know, do not be furious, O Lord, nor remember iniquity forever. Indeed, please look, we are all your people. So he's appealing to, to God to, um, to for, forgive us. And it, it describes um, how God is a merciful God, but how he is so far above us as well. Seek the Lord while he may be found. This is um, Isaiah 55. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon and, and God has described, my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And that's quite humbling, isn't it? Um, that God's ways are so far above, above ours. And yet, he does reveal himself to be a God of mercy. So although... You know, we are sinful in, in, in uh, comparison to him. Um, he does reveal himself as a God of mercy. And uh, when, he re- when he revealed himself um, to uh, Moses in Exodus 34, he says these words. He passed by and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity, and transgression and sin and that will by no means clear the guilty visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children to the third and to the fourth generation so he reveals himself yeah he's, he's a god whose standards are very very high but at the same time he is willing to forgive and um, and that's what he wants for us so let's have a little think about what sin is what is sin? What, why do we need forgiveness uh, for it? Well, the fall of man, we, call, we describe it. And what we're talking about there is Adam and Eve, isn't it? We're talking about how they were created by God. They were placed in the Garden of Eden. Uh, they were the first man, the first woman. And how God had created them to love. He wanted them to love him as well. So he wanted to, to give them love and, and to be loved by them. He'd given them everything. Everything in the world was at their disposal. Um, it's a beautiful place, much better than the, the earth is today. They had it all. And he just gave them one simple rule. Um, and why did he give them that rule? It was to, for them to demonstrate to him that they respected him and they, and they would obey him because they loved him and because they respected him as their creator. And it was just one rule. Don't eat of one particular tree. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And um, when we read Genesis, we read that they, they did actually give in to that. They were, they was a, they were tempted and, and they gave in to it. From Genesis chapter 3 there, verse 6, we see there that the woman saw the, that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise. And she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. 
Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed figs, fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. So they were, they, they gave in to the temptation. Um, they saw it was good for, the, good for food, good for the pleasant to the eyes, and to make one wise. And then once they sort of tasted of this fruit, um, they realized that they were naked and that they felt ashamed and so they needed to cover themselves so they got fig leaves and they, they pulled them together and, and sort of um, covered themselves with that which was okay it sort of like hid, hid them for a bit but you know if you make clothes out of fig leaves they're not going to last very long they're going to sort of soon perish and, and, and fall apart and so a better covering was provided um, animal skins animal skins make very good um, clothing and, 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 sh and uh, shoes and such like, don't they? But to get animal skins, it requires an animal to die. And, and so these, some poor animal, innocent animal, had to be killed so that their sinful nature, um, their nakedness, their shame could be covered. And, um, and that's where the, uh, the idea of sacrifice comes from uh, where things have to be killed where the bloodshed is necessary and what it demonstrates is how how abhorrent sin is to god and how serious it is it's not just something light in god's eyes it's something very very serious his ways are higher than ours um, and so we need uh, we need our sins to be covered and that's they're covered by um, through through sacrifice the uh, was promised a seed who would come and who would overcome sin in, in his life and we'll talk a bit more about that in a few minutes but thinking about you know the, the uh, what what sin is these words were written thousands of years later by um, John um, the Apostle John and what he wrote there is was do not love the world or the things of the world if anyone loves the world or the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. So we can see that, you know, lust, the good for food, it's the, the lust of the flesh, isn't it? The lust of the pleasant to the eyes, the lust of the eyes, to make one wise, the pride of life. They, you know, Adam and Eve thought they would become as wise as God um, in uh, taking this fruit. It, it appealed to them, and every time, you know, we, the, we, these sort of things appeal to us. It's it's appealing to our our sinful nature, and um, so you know, you might just think, oh, it's just small things. Um, maybe it's not. Maybe it's something. Could be something bigger, couldn't it? Could be something very serious, a serious crime. But even small things, it's. Compared to God's standard, it's it, it's not we're not there, are we? We're not with God, so we need forgiveness. And at the end of that little verse, there, it talks about it says the world is passing away and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. So the things in this world that are so appealing to us, perhaps that we think, uh, oh yeah, we can push the things of God away, and well, they're gonna, they are passing away. And uh, as we get older, <laughs> we kind of realise that. So these things are passing away. So we're, we're, we're talking about something that's 
you know, meaningful tonight about something um, to to change our lives and, and to give us everlast the hope of everlasting life, and that's what's promised. So, the wages of sin is death. We're told in, in Romans chapter six. That's the that's that's what's what sin brings us to. It's death, and it was this. It was the. It was the. Um, it was death that was was placed upon um, the curse of death was placed upon Adam and Eve after they sinned and that's what they were told they were said if you do you know eat of this fruit in, in that day you will you will die or begin to die and so and so they did but the seed was promised the seed of the woman so a little bit more about sin um, this is a quotation from James and he, he describes how sin can work in our hearts in our minds he says let no one say when he's tempted, I'm tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. So God isn't going to be tempting us. But each one is tempted when he's drawn away by his own desires and enticed. So that's the first part of it. It's being you know, enticed, isn't it? Do we give in? Well, we don't have to give in. We've got a choice, haven't we? But maybe we do. And if we do, then... Um, it says there, each one is drawn away by his desires enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. So that's the, that's the, the, the penalty that we have placed upon us um, because of our sinful nature. Initially, there was a covering for sin. And it was provided through the, the innocent, poor innocent uh, creature that was, that was slain. Um, so they, their sins were covered. Later on, at the time of Moses, we had um, sacrifices introduced. And again, they were there um, to help cover sins. Um, and they were there to make people think. To make people think, well, yeah, if I, if I disobey God and I, and I sin, then the only way I can get forgiveness, and I, I want forgiveness, is, to, is for this poor animal to be sacrificed. And it, and it would be, it'd be quite a deterrent, wouldn't it? You wouldn't want to sin because of, of this, 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 this poor creature that's going to be sacrificed. Um, but it also reminded people of the seriousness of sin, that it is something that you know, we do need to, to avoid if we want to um, live forever, if we want to be uh, forgiven from our sins. And thankfully, um, through, um, through the Lord Jesus Christ, when he came, um, he, he was slain once and for all, so that we don't have to, um, we don't have to sacrifice animals anymore. But Christ came, um, which is kind of a worse thing in a way, isn't it? We, when we think about Christ, we think about a man who was, very, who was innocent. He wasn't just a, an animal, he was a human being, and he, he had a choice um, in the matter, and he, and, and he, and he followed God's ways he, perfectly. And so when John saw him, his, his, his cousin John, John the Baptist, and he walked towards him, he said, look, behold, the Lamb of God who comes to take away the sin of the world. He knew that Jesus was going to be this, this, this one who would, who would take away the sin. And, and it was through Jesus' bloodshed that we have forgiveness. And so we can see, can't we, that um, this sacrifice that, that Jesus gave has opened the way for eternal life. Jesus died, but he rose again from the dead. So he wasn't, he wasn't left to die. It wasn't like a, 
a horrible sacrifice where somebody's killed and you know we never see them again jesus came back he and he, he was raised again from the dead and so we have because of that we have forgiveness through his sacrifice and the hope of eternal life that we if we put our trust in the lord jesus we can um, have eternal life for god so loved the world you know god loved the world he gave his son his one and only son that whoever but have eternal life and that's that's that this is what why this is an important um, time for us to think about forgiveness because it leads to eternal life and what what more could we could we want than that or what more could we gain than that so we're justified by faith if we believe in the lord jesus christ we believe that he came to this earth that he was crucified and there's evidence of that so we can believe that and then if we have to put faith that he was raised again from the dead then we have hope of, of eternal life and, and we're justified if we become if we come into that relationship with the lord uh, the lord jesus christ so what i'd like us to do now is to um open our bibles and go to romans the letter to the romans um you know it's nice to get our bibles out and get them open and uh, and look at the pages he said it's a lovely tactile um thing isn't it opening your opening your bible now when you when you come to um to romans you find that the uh, this faith word is in there a lot I've, I've been through mine i've kind of highlighted the word faith many times because you know, it, it, it is a theme that that appears in there over and over again and uh, it's many, many times in, uh, in, in chapter 4 uh, particularly. But we're going to go in at chapter 5. Um, he's, so he's, he's, you know, the, the writer here, the Apostle Paul, has spoken a lot about faith. He's developing this theme of faith. And then in, in chapter 5, verse 1, he says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope and the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, perseverance, character, etc. So we've got the idea of grace here through faith. So if we, if we um, believe God's word, we're told there that he has grace. He wants to save us. He wants us um, to be... Um, to be saved he, he wants to love us and he wants us to love him and he has provided this way has provided jesus but you know he's provided jesus we've got to do something about it and um what do we do about it well chapter six talks about baptism it tells us uh, that we, we that we we need to get baptized and when we're baptized we become we, we enter a relationship with the lord jesus christ so it's not much to ask is it really but we get we we get the opportunity to um, have access to this grace. So and he, and he explains there. He says, "Shall we continue to in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? So we've we've got to try and try not to sin." He's saying there, "We we will fail," and he talks about that later on. But um, but we have forgiveness, and we have to try to make the effort. So we get baptised. 
and, and bapt being baptised is, is, is about going into water and we're washed. So we, it's like a washing away of sin. But he, he, he describes it even more than that. He says, do you not know that as many of us as were baptised into Christ Jesus were baptised into his death? Therefore we are, were buried with him through baptism into death that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. So we go into the waters of baptism, we wash those sins away, we come out. So we, we would have, uh, if we stayed in the water, we would have been, uh, we, we would have drowned. And, and so we kind of associate, associate ourselves with death, but then coming up, we associate ourselves with resurrection and starting again afresh. And that's where the forgiveness comes in. Because from that point on, we can be forgiven for our, our sins. And the, end, the very end of the chapter there tells us, But now, having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end, everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is ever, eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So this is, the, this is, why, <laughs> this is why forgiveness is good for us because it leads to eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. In chapter 7, um, Paul talks about, we were saying, weren't we, how, yes, we can get baptised and we, we commit to the Lord Jesus Christ and we, we, we try to change our lives, we try not to sin. But, but we, 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 are, we do have that nature and, and, and we are weak, but we, we do have forgiveness. And um, in, in verse 21 of chapter 7, Paul says, I find then a law that, is, that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. So I want to do good, he says, but, you know, I don't always do good. He says, I delight in the law of God according to the inward man, I do. But I see an, another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Oh, wretched man, he says, that I am. Who will deliver me from this body of death? Well, who will deliver him from this body of death? It's the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank God, he says, through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. And then chapter 8. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So, we are that new man, we're walking um, on a new path. And so the, uh, the condemnation that Adam and Eve had, and we've inherited off them, uh, has been taken away through the baptism, uh, through baptism and through the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is why, um, that, that is why forgiveness is, is good for us. It's from uh, Psalm 103. And it's where it tells us, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our sins or our transgressions from us. So God forgives us. And you can see that word grace um, at the back there, can't you? Just, just, um, just at the back of it in, in, in faint um, font. Um, but it's, it's telling us, isn't it, that God's, God removes our sin. It's, it's, it's as far away as the east is from the west. So if I'm standing in, in rugby, I don't know where the, the other side of the world is exactly. Um, but it's, 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 it's the other side of the world. We can't see it. It's gone. It's been removed as far as the east is from the west. So that's, that's, that's what, how, God, how God views us. So, yeah, we, we, 
he views us um, our righteous acts as, as, as filthy rags. We are, um, we are but dust. But at the same time, this, this, this can be removed and we are purified through, through baptism and, uh, and our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So forgiveness is good for us. So that's, we've thought of quite a bit of time now, aren't we, thinking about the um, forgive, being forgiven by God and worked out what sin is and why we need to be forgiven and the wonderful uh, benefits of being forgiven by God. So let's think a little bit now about forgiving each other and, and putting that into practice. Remember what Jesus said at the start, if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you your trespasses. And Jesus, um, in Matthew chapter 18, um, gave us a parable which really sort of rams this home. Um, it kind of appeals to our, uh, our sense of justice. And, um, and it's, uh, it's provoked when Peter comes to him and he, he says to him, Look, um, Lord, how often shall I shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times. So, you know, Peter was having this sort of problem. He, he understood that Jesus was saying, well, you know, we need to forgive people. He got that, he got it. But then he sort of thought, well, hang on a minute, this person, I'll keep forgiving somebody. And then they keep doing the same thing again. And, um, and I'm being, you know, how, there's got to be a limit, surely. So he says to Jesus, well, what's, what's the limit? You know, what's the point where I say that's it but Jesus says well I do not say to you up to seven times but up to 70 times seven so he's saying no we, we keep forgiving we've got to keep forgiving we want to be keep being forgiven by by God don't we because we we carry on sinning but forgiveness is available to us isn't it and then he tells a, a parable he says look there was a the kingdom of heaven he says it's like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants and when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. That's a lot of money. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and payment be made. And that's quite a, quite a horrible thing that was going to happen to him. But it was the sort of thing they could do um, in those days. So what does a servant do? Well, he, he fell down before him and... He says, look, master, have patience with me and I will pay all. And the master of that servant was moved with compassion and released him and forgave him the debt. And that's what God has done for us, isn't it? We, we owe a great debt, don't we? We keep, we keep sinning, but God keeps forgiving. Um, so, we, you know, and, and, and our sentence is death, but that sentence is removed by God. So that's a, that's a wonderful thing, isn't it? But then the servant himself went out, we see in verse 28, and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. So it's a tiny fraction of what he had owed his master. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, pay me what you owe. So this fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, have patience with me and I'll pay, pay you all. And he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. And, and so we, you know, we can see the, the injustice there, can't we? And, uh, and it really brings home to us, doesn't it, the importance of, of us um, forgiving um, our fellow man when, when they, when they um, trespass, if you like, against us.
or when they do things wrong that upset us. And so we're called um, in this new state that we, we're in, when we, when we come from baptism to, to uh, walk in this new way of life, we, 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 we're asked to, to change, to become better and to be forgiving. And um, this is a, a quotation from Colossians chapter 3, where we read, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, <laughs> meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. So there is this... Um, obligation that we have to 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 forgive so we have to we have to do it we have to be you know prepared to forgive it's not always easy um you know it's our pride might be at stake but it, i'll tell you what it's nice to be forgiven isn't it you know if you've done something wrong and uh, some you know you've really upset somebody and you go to them and say oh i'm really sorry i'm you know i, I didn't mean or admit or, or maybe i didn't mean it but i'm so sorry i really you know i really am and they say, look, you know, let's let's forget it. You know, let's put it behind us. You know, I forgive you. God, don't we feel? Isn't that isn't that wonderful? And um, and so and, and forgiving is a wonderful thing as well. To to forgive it, it takes away all the bitterness that we might have. So there's lots of um, there's lots of benefits to um, to forgive to forgiving others and to being forgiven. So. Here's a few that we might think of. Improved relationships, okay? It could be our husband or wife. It could be our, um, you know, our boss and our, or our employee. Um, it could be, you know, a relative. It could be a colleague, it could be a school friend, whatever it is. If we can forgive people and they can forgive us, then we're gonna have improved relationships. We're gonna get on a whole lot better, aren't we? If we hold grudges, and we're not going to be forgiven. No way I'm forgiving that. No way. Well, you know, we, we carry that with us. We carry that. But when, when we see that person again, we're not going to get on and uh, be all smiles. Um, you know, it's not, it's not going to help us, is it? So we're going to have less stress. <laughs> you know, we're not going to be stressed by these horrible situations because we can, they can be diffused a whole lot quicker with, you know, the sorry word, can't they? Or I forgive you. You know, it's not doesn't take that much, really, does it? And yet, we find um, people seem to make heavy weather of it, but it is actually good for you. It will make you better. It'll improve your mental health. So, you know, if you if you struggle, and many people do, where with, with mental health issues, if you can forgive and, and you've got less stress because of it, you've got improved relationships. Um, that's going to improve your mental health. It's going to give us inner peace <laughs> we feel calmer um, you know we don't, we, we're not carrying this kind of guilt and this angst around with us it's, it's, it's a you know it's, it's, it's a wonderful benefit and we're going to be healthier because you know we're not going to have our blood pressure is not going to go through the roof you know it's going to be lowered isn't it things are going to be calmed down it's easy saying all this isn't it but we all get you know we all get revved up don't we from time to time but if we can forgive and put these things behind us, reflect on, you know, perhaps things we've said or, you know, things that people have said to us and calm the situation down, we are going to be healthy, we're going to be happier. And the world actually would be a whole lot better, wouldn't it? Wouldn't, we be, wouldn't it be lovely um, if that was uh, how people 
were in day-to-day -day life. So hopefully we've, we've been able to look together at the forgiveness and see that forgiveness really is good for us um, for so many reasons. It, it's good for us, it's good for our health, it's good for our, um, you know, our well-being, but more than that, it's good for our eternal health, isn't it? We need God's forgiveness, don't we, to forgive our sins. Um, if our sins are forgiven and we are justified, we've got, you know, God has given us the means, he's given us the Lord Jesus Christ, we're justified through Christ, not through anything we've done. Um, then we have this hope, don't we, this gift of God. The wage of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And we're told, aren't we, we, we must forgive others. So that sort of summarises things, doesn't it? And it will be better for um, our spiritual and our physical health. So hopefully that's given us something to, to think about. And, and um, thank you very much for listening.